Blog Talk Radio. Angeles, California. Welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your host, Shaw McCain. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Shaw McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. My show is created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and circumstance. Please follow the Paranormal and the Sacred on Facebook, for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world, and I'm happy and proud to say that we're translating to many different languages for our listeners outside the country. The call-in number tonight is 619-924-9744, and the Paranormal and the Sacred airs every Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I also have a little Sacred Sundays if you want to tune in Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Anyway, during this show, I can see questions in order in chat, and you may also call in with your question and speak with our illustrious guest tonight. Any buzz killers, you know what I'm talking about, in chat or on the phone, will be just kicked out when I have a copy of your stuff, so don't bug me, so I'm not going to bug you. So play nice, be polite, and let's all have love and peace and be copacetic. Now, I have my first public service announcement tonight, and it's for something, you know, I mean, Southern California is so beautiful right now, I can't even tell you how, how beautiful it is here. It's just the weather is is dreamy, balmy, 84 it's colder than that right now, but it's just been the clean, fresh air, and it's really been uh, so beautiful. And the, and the important thing is, is that we could, we all have a pet peeve, and what we're going to talk about right now is fracking, and it's not only around the U.S. but around the world. And those of you that know what don't know what fracking is, it's a procedure that applies injecting existing wells around producing oil and gas with thousands of gallons of fresh water, with hundreds of chemicals dissolved in water. And these chemicals are known carcinogens. So when injected into a well, basically cracks the surrounding area around the well in order to release more oil and gas at the expense of our surrounding neighborhoods, not to mention the pain from Mother Nature. Now, come on. Anyway, we can't drink the water because all of these poisons in it. I know that um, many people are advocating against this. You've seen it on TV. However, we've now developed a nonprofit company Citizens Against Toxic Chemicals, and it's specifically geared toward informing the public about the dangers of the human health of exposure to toxic chemicals from everything from toothpaste to cosmetics to motor oil, and and it's from a medical uh, perspective, and they have experts and everything in their foundation, and it's really a worthy uh, thing to check out. Anyway, I'm asking you to go to www.parkinsonsinternational.org. P-A-R-K-I-N-S-O-N-S international.org. And it's a nonprofit. And just go check them out and see if you feel uh, the need to help and donate or and, and or if you offer any messages. And they're also actually working on 22nd century technology to help clear up our environment. So I'm proud to be a part of it. 
and uh, one of the founding members, and I'd appreciate you going over there and checking it out. Okay, so then we have uh, a couple of our compadres, which is the Paranormal Angels Wednesday night, the lovely Marsha Becker and Geraldine Bell, and they're, everyone's at night at 7 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time. Paranormal Angels, get over there on Blog Talk Radio, and the call number for Wednesday night at 7 p.m., that's how I listen from work, is 718-664-6407. Also, uh, Yvonne Smith's new book, Coronado Haunting, is now available on Amazon and Creative Space. And she's also a licensed fitness therapist. If you do, um, I belong to a group called Zero, and um, it's for people that have been impacted in some way by um, UFOs, alien inductions, or interested in all this, or sci-fi. Anyway, contact her at www.zerointernational.com. Com. And they have, um, every other month, they have a special guest speaker. Anyway, next week, our awesome guest, I can't even believe it, is Steve Hudgens, Jr., ufologist. And he's also a radio show host, and so he's one of my com- compatriots in the field. Anyway, that's enough for the announcements. You know, we have an awesome guest tonight, and his name is Carlo Carniavalini. Carla was born in Nicaragua and raised, raised as a devout Catholic, and at the age of six, he had his first encounter with extraterrestrial beings. Two years later, he read his first novel and fell in love with writing. He wrote and directed and often starred in popular plays for local puppet theater and while attending grammar school and junior high. After a war broke out in Nicaragua, Carlo moved to Los Angeles, California, where he finished high school. Thereafter, he studied film production and volunteered his time at American Film Institute. His various extraterrestrial and paranormal experiences continued, and he began to question his own faith. While taking a test for a pilot's license, he had a severe paranormal vision, almost causing the plane to crash. Feeling alone, he hid his experiences from everyone until one day he discovered the book, Communion. And we all know that was a life changer for most of us, which detailed the extraterrestrial experience by its author, Whitley Strieber. This book inspired him to write his own book about his life. He married and lived in Florida for more than a decade, but his experiences continued to haunt him. Ending his marriage amicably to deal with his demons, he moved back to L.A. to focus on writing his book, The Curse of the Gifted, which we will be talking about tonight. He loves his animals. He has three dogs, Foxy, Dee Dee, and Lox, a cute, and a dog named Katie. And his favorite L.A. spots are, you know, up in Hollywood, Malibu, and Chinatown. Anyway, you can read more about it on his personal blog, which I have focus on the front and he'll tell you where to get to it today. So I can see that he is online. So we're going to welcome Carlo to our show tonight. Welcome, Carlo. Hi. Hi, how, how are you, are you? Okay. You're live with the Paranormal Sacred. So we know each other, Carlo. Yes, yes, yes we do. Yes, I think we met, uh, I think a couple of years ago, and I was, or two or three years ago, but I, I was always impressed by your your heartfelt uh, honesty and and openness and the things that you were going through and I'm really really proud to have you on the show tonight. Thank you, Charlene, for inviting me. You're very welcome. So, um, just to familiarize the, our listening audience, um, would you like to tell us the, uh, about your childhood and and things that you know made you who you are today? You could just start at the beginning. Sure. Uh, before I start, um, today is Friday the 13th, so yeah. <laughs> I'm calling you from, <laughs> from which I'm calling you from myself, which is a bad idea because 
I'm up in the mountains right now in San Bernardino. And uh, okay. and I thought uh, the phone is not working, the internet is not working, nothing is working. And I said, oh, my God, how am I going to call her? Because my phone doesn't work very well over here. But uh, I'm trying to do my best. So if I get cut off, you know what happens. Well, keep calling. You know, just keep trying to uh, hang in there. And uh, do you have a landline anywhere? Yeah, well, yes. But, um, you know, up here it's like, you have to like walk around and stuff to get the uh, the signal. Oh, that's right. You know, I don't have a landline yeah. here either, so we just try to make it work oh. and wish for the best. Uh, did you happen to notice? Uh, I just posted because uh, I was out today and then I came back, and I noticed my odometer had a six 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 in it. And I went, "Oh my God, it's Friday the thirteenth, and it's six six six. I know it's Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> well, I was born on the 13th, so it's not that unlucky. So once in a while, my birthday does fall on Friday the 13th. I know what you mean. Okay, so well, anyway, well, go um, ahead. Yes, um, when I was um, about, before I was even born, my um, my mother had an uh, an experience, uh, and my, my brother, who's my middle brother, his name is, so in my book, I change everybody's name because I don't want nobody to feel threatened with their name on my book, the real names. So his name in the book is Saul. He's my middle brother. And he was only about two and a half years old when he had his first experience, and he still remembers. And um, it was a white, uh, tall, blonde, uh, angelic being uh, who... Uh, who had an, 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 um, uh, some kind of conversation with him, of course, with the mind. And, uh, and my mother kind of got a glimpse of it, and he, he was, like, really scared and still remembers. And this is one of my brothers, the one that, that, that doesn't believe in the paranormal or anything. And that's one of the things that he remembers up to this day. And um, my experience uh, began when I was about six years old. Uh, the first time they let me spend one night, not not one night, one weekend, at, um, one one Holy Week vacation at my grandparents. They lived in a little farm uh, in the outskirts of Managua, which is the capital city of Nicaragua. And um, I spent the whole week there. And the day before we left, uh, we we came back to our home that, that my parents pick us up the day before, um, I have this experience with the extraterrestrial beings, and I didn't know they were extraterrestrial beings. I, in my mind, they were ghosts, and, uh, and, and I lived with this tra- trauma for a long time until I moved to the States, and, and I, got in, I, I, I learned that there is this book about aliens and stuff, and when I saw the... Uh, the, the book cover of communion, I knew that was the ghost. The, well, I saw three of them, so that means that the, 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 cover, the cover book um, uh, being on this book is the one I saw in when I was a little boy. So, you know, that's when I find out that there were real aliens. I didn't even know anything about aliens because I'm from the 60s, and, you know, people who's from the 60s were asked, Aliens were little green men with antennas, and they fly around, you know. And yeah. that's, 
that's what an alien that's what an alien looked like for me. And so when I saw these beings that they were pale, skinny, and about my height, to me they were ghosts. Wow. So you were uh, raised in Nicaragua, a uh, devout Catholic. Um, how did this uh, impact you in in your faith? How did uh, how what? Because I know what I started thinking about, but what did you think about when you, you know, what thoughts were you wrestling with? Yeah, when my father was raised by his uh, grandmother, and because his parents divorced when he was only four years old, and my grandfather was a soldier, uh, 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 he was a military man. And uh, and he was rough with my dad, and he he became an alcoholic, and he he was around, but he wasn't like a real father figure for my dad. So um, my father was like a military son, you know, somebody that grew up with a military dad, a rough man back in the '60s too. The you know usually the soldiers, the, the, those guys, they were like you know tough and and their boys don't cry or anything. So that's how my dad was, but he was, like, trying to fight this uh, behavior, you know. And when yeah. I came to him with my stories, it's like he didn't believe me. He thought he, I was a drama boy, and I was, like, making up stories, and he kept telling me that I'm lying. And, and I was just a little boy, and I remember that it hurt my feelings because it's like I'm telling him the truth, and he's telling me that I'm lying. And my mom didn't say anything, you know. She just kept quiet. And my mom is an experience an experiencer as well, but she probably tried to deny it all her life. And um, and when these things started happening to me, they were so incredible that nobody believed me. So I was. Uh, they make a joke uh, about anything that I said. And and when I turned like about 15 years old, I stopped telling anybody anything. I just kept quiet, and, and I thought I was like schizophrenic for a long time, you know, because you, you start educating yourself, and then you think, oh, maybe I'm schizophrenic. I have a mental disease because I'm seeing things, you know. People is talking to me, and I don't see them, and it affected my faith really bad because you go to church, and you hear God is good and, and angels and everything, and then all you see is ghosts and monsters and and, and these beings from other worlds that, you don't even know they're being from other world. To me, they were ghosts or demons, you know. Mm-hmm. So during these, uh, so you said your your mom also had the experiences. What was she experiencing? She told me she took, she always told us a story that when she was a little girl, she was about my age as well. When I was about five or six, she used to because she grew up in a farm as well, in that, that farm that I'm talking to you about. And uh, yes. they have, it's a beautiful place where nothing really bad happened before. But um, my family, my grandparents, they also have experiences. And, and my mom says that a, a big beam of light came up, up on her, and she felt that the stars were coming off the sky to kiss her on the lips. And that's how she remembers, you know, in a very poetic way to remember her experience that these lights come down from the sky, they were stars and they kissed her. So I was, everybody's like, oh, my mom is nuts, you know, how can a star is going to detach from the sky and come and kiss her, you know, that will burn her or kill her, that's impossible. 
But we were kids, and we believe her. You know, we believe anything she said. But when things start happening to me, I used to, uh, when I started spending these uh, weekends and vacations at my grandparents' home, I used to lay down on those tables where where the workers, uh, farm workers, they uh, the lunch tables they were outside, and uh, when they went home, you know, they were the tables were empty, and I used to lay down there and watch the sky, beautiful skies, and I see the stars move and everything. You know, they moved around, and I thought in my mind, people keep telling me they were fireflies, and I believe it. You know, I thought they were fireflies, but. You know, as you grow up and everything, you know that what really happened to you. So I know that the stars move around, and and there were not no fireflies. That's right. And um, what was the belief system of uh, the rest of the people there? Because I, I feel that you know in South America, people seem to uh, talk about it more. Like it's it's getting more open to talk about it, or safe to talk about it. Well, uh, in Latin America, uh, yeah. well, yes, yes and no. Um, in Latin America, we have a lot of um, people that make up stories like myths and legends, and town people tell you stories that they might sound fake. And and usually, um, like other cultures, they might think that, oh, these little peasants, they make up stories and stuff, and those are not real. Well, believe me, I grew up and I was that kind of person too because I'm from the city. Even though my country is really small and everything, but Managua was like Miami. It was the the doorsteps of the United States back in the 70s and 60s and 50s. Uh, there was a lot of Americans coming over to my country and everything. We were a big city back then, you know, like modern city and everything. It's still being a little town, but we have, like, knowledge. We, we were the people that know things, uh, very educated, and uh, and I was the same kind of person. You know, I make fun of peasants and, and people telling little stories, but as I, as I was growing up, you know, I was a witness of many of those stories, and, and I saw them with my very own eyes. Otherwise, I probably I, I have these uh, uh, paranormal experiences myself. You know, I, I can see things that not everybody can see, and, and you know, with my open eyes and I'm not crazy or I'm not schizophrenic or anything. I already went <laughs> when I have an appointment with the psychiatrist and psychologists, and I even I even look for help with Yvonne Smith. You know, she's the, the hypnotherapist mm-hmm. from Zero, and you know, I I I start getting my stories together. She helped me a lot, and and um, and, and then I realize all these people are telling me you're you're not crazy. You're not making up stories in your heart. You believe it. And, uh, and you know, um, I wish I can have someone that uh, give me, like, one of those tests, uh, the true test, uh, those, those tests yeah. that, 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 you know, that you find out if you're telling the truth or not because like I know everything that happened to me is true. But then I was in denial for a long time. So, um, you know, that's why I think the same thing is that they have to test they would actually have to word it. Uh, I'm not sure how it would work for a lot of people. I know that uh, Travis Walton and uh, his crew, uh, they passed the lie detector test, that a lot of people have passed the lie detector test. But for some people, what if you don't believe yourself? 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's tough because you have to be well. If you tell the truth, nobody believes you, and it's like uh, I think some people are born sensitive, and you know I have read a lot already about me, about myself, because I try to hide it. I have I try to deny it. I have to play blind about it and not talk about it because um, it hurts you when. You see, you, you're telling the truth, and then people doesn't believe you. Then that hurts you when when it's real. If if I'm lying, then you know I, I will not care. I lost myself as well. But when something is true, and you are paranoid going around knowing what you're seeing, and you're not crazy, and you already proved yourself that you're not, you know, and then you have witnesses. I have witnesses around me that see whatever I see, you know, and. And, and so that means that now I'm more positive than before that I trust what I see because I being I was with my mother just a lot not a long time ago I, we were coming from Florida and we saw three UFOs on the mountains of San Bernardino and uh, not San Bernardino but um, Joshua Tree that area and uh, we, we my mother never believed me that I saw UFOs and I told her throughout my life I said I see I seen these UFOs and I have experiences. I, you know, I, I try to tell her a little bit, not a lot, because it's like she can take it. And uh, but this time she witnessed it with me, and I told her, "Hey, look over the window and tell me what you're seeing." And then she says, "I see, you know, I, I understand what they are. They're UFOs." And my brother, uh, he is, the one that I told you doesn't believe or anything. He he, he just saw a, uh, four UFOs uh, in his patio. Uh, up in the sky, and he called his wife to witness it, and 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 they they uh, confirmed that they were UFOs, and finally he believes me, you know. So it's like you know, throughout all these years, you know, I suffer that my own family because I don't care if nobody else believes you outside your family, but when your family doesn't believe you, it's when it hurts, and and you know you are the crazy of the family, you know. <laughs> but now I think all my family is crazy because everybody has seen a UFO in my family, and have experiences and everything. Can you describe um, something? Can you describe what you're seeing um, and uh, how close were they? Can you give us more details? The, you mean the UFOs? Was, I saw just with yeah. I, I went yeah. with my mother just a few months ago. Yeah. Yes, we were flying from. Uh, we were coming from Miami or Tampa. I think we were coming from Miami, and. Um, I, exactly the moment where the pilot says we are a hundred and so many miles from uh, Los Angeles Airport, which I I wrote it down in a piece of paper. I cannot tell you up the, the top of my head right now, but I wrote it down mm-hmm. the miles he said, and uh, and I look on the internet, I Google it, and it was a Joshua Tree area, those mountains out there. And uh, when he said we are a hundred and some miles away from LA Airport. I look over the window, and that's where the UFOs were. And, you know, it's funny because I never sit over the window ever because I hate the window, and I like to, um, I like to be sitting. My mother and me would like the aisle seats, but this time I told yeah. my mom I want to sit on the window. It's like something told me, go in the window this time. So I told my mom, we're going to go on the window, and we're going to see some UFOs, and she, she can ask my mother. I told her that, and she just laughed at me, and... Believe me, as soon as this guy said 100 and some miles before L.A. airport, I look over the window, and there they were. It was a huge UFO, 
it was like we were flying over the mountain, like the mountain was like on the side. It was like the sun, the size of the sun, you know, the the way you can see the sun, like a like a quarter, you know, like like one of those quarter quarter size yes. on on the sky that you see it on top of the mountain and it's flying. And and as soon as this thing is flying, my mom is looking and over and um I'm on the window, and the thing split in three. Two little ones came from one side, and it's like they were uh, protecting the, the, the bigger UFO, and um, and they start blinking in red and blue, and and because they were like the sun, they were bright like the sun, and they were yellow like uh, you know like like the sun. Yeah, but as soon as they split in three, they start blinking in red and uh blue and um and they split in three and then they they said i mean we we kept flying and the, the UFO never moved they were like surrounding those mountains you know and um and and my mom was really surprised I, and i didn't have anything to videotape it with even though my phone is, is not a, a good phone so even if i videotaped it i i don't think it was going to come out but my mom, I, I was happy because finally my mom and me, we have something in common about, you know, the UFO thing that where I have seen them before. And, uh, and but she never believed me because she never seen them. Uh, I, I'm talking about uh, as a grown up because the experiences, like yeah. I told you, when she was young, that she saw the stars coming out. She saw in her mind, she still thinks that, there were the stars and she was having dreams or anything, but she said that she was like really awakened and they were not dreams. But, you know, I'm, I was a child, she says, and child's mind are very imaginative. And so probably I make it out, but I don't think she make it out because we all in my family, my grandparents, they told me stories too about lights and the house was shaking and everything. Of course they thought it was a, a witch or something because they were from a little farm you know, somewhere in away from the city. So their mentality was probably that there was a ghost or something, but the way they told you the story is like something else besides a, a haunting, you know. And uh, to yeah. me, they were UFOs. So I think it's been in my family. And years passed by, and I re- and then I find out that uh, my, my grandmother was, um, her mother was Jewish-German, and they had, this gift as well. Uh, I have a cousin of mine in, that I never met um, in, in my country. She wrote a book, and then when I read the book, I, she, she has these stories that uh, the side of her family knew that in, my, in our family they have, uh, they have this gift, and my great-grandmother had this gift, and my great-grandfather had this gift. So it's like we in the family have this gift, you know. It's like we can see... We, we we can communicate, we can, you know, see what other people cannot see. We are very sensitive. And, um, you know, so it's like it's being in, in our lineage. Yeah, I believe that that's why um, the, the you, do you still feel like you're being uh, uh, abducted and or followed? Well, I, well, I felt that I was abducted and followed. Um, more than 10 years ago, I don't mm-hmm. feel it anymore. But I, I know I was because I wake up in the middle of the abductions, and uh, and I have these memories, and you know they were real, and I, I have 
so many memories of that that I haven't experienced anything for over 10 years already. So it's like yeah. I'm positive that if my mom was playing tricks, I, I will be experiencing the same thing, but I experienced it 10 years ago and all, throughout my life, and they stopped 10 years ago. And then you have a current sighting. So what I believe is that um, it actually does run in families, and they do seem to, uh, you know, track families around. And uh, you're saying that um, your whole family has a gift of sight, and uh, would you say they have ESP and things like that? Well, yes, because sometimes we communicate with each other, you know, Things have happened in the past that we, somebody got into an accident or something and someone in the family knows that person got into an accident and they, you know, they realize somebody is in trouble and they start calling all of us and they find out that somebody was into an accident that specific day. And my mom has been like the most clear of them all. You know, she, she called us the exact day. I had an accident once and she called me exactly at the moment that I was coming out from the emergency room. And my brother, my older brother, um, uh, he he got a, he almost got killed. His car um, crashed on top of a highway, and um, the car turned around and tumbled on the highway like three times and stuff, and he, he um, was thrown from the side of the window, and nothing happened to him. Thank God, and my mom knew about it. So it's like we... We communicate, you know, with each other somehow. Uh, some of us have more, uh, like my mother and me, we, we have more stronger. Uh, this this gift is stronger on us. We we can perceive more than the other, the rest of the family. Uh, but but yeah. we all we all you know have communicated uh, things that happen to either one of us. You 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 share. Um you're a closeness and a, a psychic uh, connection too. And I think that's, you know, why it kind of goes, it doesn't matter. Like I, I share that with my son. It doesn't matter how far he travels in the world. It's just like he's next door, you know. So, yeah, exactly. you know, I think it's it's really quite an amazing gift. And I wanted to hear a little bit more about, um, you were taking a test for your pilot's license. And then you said you had a severe paranormal vision. Can you tell us what happened? Sure. Um, I was um, starting to be a pilot, a private pilot. Um, I had a dream to buy my own plane. That was when I was making a lot of money. I was very young and crazy. And um, and I was the day I was going to graduate. I was like perfect in every 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 way. And at uh, my every step of the way, I was like perfect on everything. My landing, my my flying, my my everything I was doing, it was excellent. And the day I was going to graduate, I have this experience. You know, uh, these lights in the sky. They first, you know, I was the only one who saw it because I was with the um, with the instructor on the side, and he didn't see anything, of course. But I saw it. And uh, like I said, uh, this is this wasn't UFOs or anything. It's just like um, I was transported in another reality, and and uh, in, instead of seeing the sky, what I saw was a city, you know, a city of gold that was like in front of me, 
shine like gold, and and I didn't know what to do. I, I saw the airplane going. Uh, it was pretty special one of those buildings, and, and I was in kind of breaking up. Carlos. Hello? Carlos, come back, yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, go ahead. I ca- I didn't hear you. You um, have to repeat the last part of it. Okay. Uh, well, when I was flying uh, to to get my license that day to, to pass my my last test and everything, uh, I... The, the sky turned into a city. It's like I was in another reality. And uh, and I saw the plane crashing into a building, almost crashing into a building. The buildings, they all had the color of gold. They were different buildings from a different city. I never seen a city like that before. And uh, and I thought I was going to crash into those. And all of a sudden, I passed out and and when I woke up, I remember the guy, the, the instructor was going nuts because we almost crashed uh, into a water tower. But in my mind, wow. uh, there was another city, you know, in there, mm-hmm. all of a sudden up here in front of me. Did you ever and, get uh, um, your license or how did no, that work out? Uh, no. I didn't get my license because I chickened down and I said uh, I'm not going to do this anymore. And you know, I've been uh, fl- I, I I when I was living here, that I left my country because of the civil war. I moved back to Venezuela, and um, and uh, I was starting to be a pilot there. But my father got really sick, and uh, we have to come here to the states. And uh, we didn't know how long my dad was going to last because the doctor told us he was uh, he probably would be dying soon or something. He he survived for mm-hmm. seven more years, but um, yeah. but but we didn't know what to do. So we were expecting him to die soon, and so we we have to move to the states and we left everything behind. So I was cut off from my career of becoming a yes. private pilot. And uh, and I said no, I want to do it again, you know, and I want to do it here in the states. And of course, I have to uh, learn English a little bit more to be able to understand the manuals and everything. And and then I that's when I decided to go and try it again. And and when I have, I like I told you, I did everything perfect. I've been flying for a long time already. I have like yeah. like a hundred and some hours flying, and. Um, and I was ready to get my license. I was excellent in everything. And all of a sudden, this very same day, it's like today, you see, everything was working, the internet was working, the telephone was working, and when it was 5.30, nothing was working anymore. The internet is gone, the t- everything. The same thing happened to me that day. I was ready to get my, I was happy. I was going to celebrate with my friends and everything. And all of a sudden, I chickened down, and I said, I'm not doing this anymore because I'm going to die. So I don't know if I have this experience, like I was going to crash or something into something, uh, you know, something futuristic I saw. And since yeah. I know when I can see things that are going to happen in the future, uh, and, well, and I decided um, I decided that I'm not going to do it anymore because I love the I love that was what I wanted to do in life. I wanted to complete uh, the hours to become a commercial pilot later in life, but I. 
you know, I couldn't do it anymore, so I just stopped and all of a sudden forgot about it. You know, there's a reason for everything because that could have been a a warning to you, you know, the the future. You may have been looking at a picture of heaven for all you know, you know what I mean, that you're going to end up there if you keep doing this. But, you know, I think that everything happens for a reason and that you were supposed to move on and, and do something else. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. Yeah. So um, now can you describe, because uh, you said that you uh, have these beings, and I had the same reaction. When did you see, the first time did you see the cover of Whitley's uh, communion book? Um, I it was seems working... to be pivotal for, go ahead. Yes, yes, I was, um, I was working in the government in downtown L.A., uh, that was like how many years ago? Like more than twenty years ago. Yeah, and, I remember. Uh, that. I was working there, and they have back then they have um, another uh, Delton bookstores. Remember before Barnes and Noble, they have yeah. Delton bookstores. Okay, right. uh, that was my favorite spot because I've been a bookworm for a long time <laughs> since I was a boy, yeah. and I love novels and I love to read all kinds of books and everything. So. Um, I used to spend my break time. We have like an hour and a half of lunch, and I used to get me a little salad and go there and read for free those books, the new books and everything. And I spent my whole hour reading books there. And the, one day, all of a sudden, they have this new book, which is uh, Communion from Whitley Strieber. And, and I, when I saw the, the, the book cover, they had a big poster-sized book cover. And when I saw it, I was... Uh, I wanted to throw up. I was. I got sick, and I got a headache, and and I got. Uh, I have this um, temperature, really high temperature, and I couldn't read anything. I was shaking, and I knew. I knew. I I knew who that guy was, who who that being in the book was. Uh, everything came to my. You know, it's like I forgot everything already, but everything uh-huh. came back to my mind. Everything, and and then everything is like. Is attached from one memory is attached to the other until you get to the bottom point where uh, you know that everything in your past that you thought it was a fantasy that you thought you've been fighting not to tell anybody that you've been hiding and lying to 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 not tell anybody things you you're making up stories to change a subject and and then you find out that everything is true then it's like sickening I got really sick I didn't. I was shaking. I didn't even want to buy the book or anything. And, you know, I, I didn't want anything to do with the book, but it's like something was telling me in my mind, you have to get that book, you have to read that book. And um, and when I read the book and everything, it, it, it was confirming what happened to me. Of course, Whitley Stryber is, like, um, more dramatic in the book. It didn't happen exactly like that to me. I didn't see those little monsters he, he saw, and uh, the experiences were a little different. But but I saw that this, the being, yes, the the the, the gray is the same gray, yeah. the same being. And, you know, I, I saw three of them, and they, they talked. Well, well, one of them talked to me. The other two didn't speak to me at all. But this one talked to me, and he talked to me with his mind, and, and and I remember him very well. I, you know, if I see him again, I know who he is. You know, it it did affect me very. It was very difficult, and you know, it brought back the memories really 
back to memory is really fresh in my mind. Yes. Yeah, I was out. Uh, I remember where I was, where I was, what city I was in. I was in Lancaster. I was out visiting, uh, going to go see my cousin, and we stopped by a, a bookstore because it was a little mall there, and uh, that's when I saw it too. And I had the same reaction, even though, except for the eyes, I hadn't seen something that looked just like that. And mm-hmm. uh, but it, 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 I don't know the word communion, uh, the big eyes. That's so why I bought it. And then when I was reading it, I remember looking over my shoulder, very scared to even read that book. Because back yeah. then, I still felt the military was going to come and get me if they found out, you know, <laughs> that I was having all these experiences. I really did. I, I was really paranoid. And, uh, you know, things have changed since then, you know. But um, uh, I want to ask you another question. So you said they spoke with you and communicated telepathically. Um, what were they telling you, or what were they asking you? Well, the, what did you feel they wanted from you? Yeah, um, I, if, when when I had my experience, I was coming. It was at night, like about six or seven. I think it was about seven because they didn't have any electricity at my grandmother's farm, so it was like really dark, and I had to go out. You know, for nature was calling me. And nobody wanted to go with me to the outhouse. And my grandma, I remember she handed me a flashlight, and she said, well, you are a little man. You have to go. And it's like since nothing ever happened there, you know, like crimes or anything. Uh, but I was, like, really afraid. I'm a little boy, and, I, you know, I, I didn't want to go there. So I said, I'm just going to go behind the garden or something. And when as soon as I walked out of the house, it's like I walked into another dimension, my body was rigid, and I have this sensation like I was um, in slow motion, and I and my face was heat. It was heat. It was like really warm, like if I was under the sun. And all of a sudden, I don't remember things, you know, very well. I have just this vague um, memories, but I remember. Somebody telling me, a voice telling me not to be scared, not to fear, uh, to to walk towards the light and, you know, that that I should be uh, without any fear because they were not going to harm me. And I didn't even know. I, 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 the, voice, the voice gave me this little peace in my heart and my body was like trembling and shaking and I felt like I was floating in me there. But those memories are vague. I they're in my book. I, I the story is in my book, and um, and uh, what I have is bad memories. I know they communicated with me with thoughts. Uh, this this being communicated with me with thoughts. I don't know exactly what they wanted, but I remember that I was a little boy. But I, I understood everything. You know, whatever they said, whatever he tried to transmit in my mind, I did understand like an adult. And uh, I, I cannot explain exactly how, but my brain accepted the communication. You know, it's like it doesn't matter how young you are, your mind is brilliant. You know, you can take information and you can process that information that somehow is dormant in your mind because it's like a secret not everybody can is allowed to know. So I don't know why it's like a game or... It's not like a game. It's like a mystery that has to be there. And somehow that mystery helps you through your life, you know, and 
it's like a gift they put inside of you, and and that gift, you know, help you with things. But I, I, up to this day, you know, I don't know what what that means. I, I've seen things that I, you know, I wonder why are they telling me this? Why are they giving me this information if I don't know what to do with it? So it's mm. like, what, what's going on? You know, and but but throughout my book. As long as soon as I'm growing up and 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 I go learning little by little about these beings and these experiences and and a guy that I thought he was a ghost kind of person because I was the only one seeing this person um, who I was abducted when I was um, when I was um, around ten years old or before like I was about nine years old I disappeared from my school and nobody found me. And this is, you know, my whole family knows that, my whole neighborhood knew. And um, I just disappear. And what I remember, it's I being lit up in the sky and having this conversation with this being. And, you know, um, I have proof of that because my whole neighborhood was there. They called the cops and, and the paramedics and everything. My father was crying when I, I reappear uh, near my house and, you know, so it's like I have this little, I have this proof here, I have that proof there, that things get forgotten. You know, time goes by, people forget, nobody believes the story. I, I told my mom I was going out to the sky, and she laughed. You know, <laughs> she, I, I tell her right now, I said, Mom, I can't believe it. You know, I was a little boy who disappeared, and when I reappeared, you don't want to know where I was. Nobody <laughs> asked me anything. Yeah, no, it's like they turn, they, they 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 hypnotize these people and they don't ask you anything. Because my father was happy it's to see true. me that I was alive. Yeah, my father was happy. He saw me. I, I I was alive and my mom didn't ask me any question. And I said, if my son disappears, I don't care how old he's here. I'm going to sit down with him and ask him, where the hell were you? Nobody asked right. me anything. And, and I'm just wondering what happened. Maybe their minds are being manipulated so they don't ask any questions, you know. And, and I remember that I, I was picked up up in the sky and I flew and and I was taken to this place and, and nobody asked me anything, but I remember, you know, and, and uh, that's, that's why I decided to write it in my book because I said something has to be told. Somebody has to tell this story. I'm going to die soon, probably. You never know and nobody's going to know my story. So that's the reason, you know, I decided to write the book. After I read communion, I got the gaps. And like you, I was afraid, you know, the government might pick me up or something, and and then I will not be able to tell the story. But, you know, uh, everybody is going – there's uh, thousands of people now going through the same thing that I went through, and I believe most of them, not all of them, because there's a lot of night cases out there, but, but um, you know, uh, people making up stories. And you can tell when they're making up stories, but um, but you know I'm not making up my story. My story is true. I have witnesses, I have proofs, you know, and I can take a, a test, one of those true tests, and you know uh, it's it's. Um, I decided to make my book for that to to share my story with the world. I think that it's good, and it's a good way to document too, because. Many, many times we're, you know, we've been told, you know, okay, put a journal by your bed, and when these things happen, write it down. And then inevitably people will not write it down, and when asked why, 
they go, well, when I got, when whatever happens, I put my blanket over my head and I go back to sleep. And it's such an odd yeah. reaction um, yes. to being, you know, involved in an extraordinary experience, yet most of us want to cover our heads up with a blanket, and including myself. You know, I I want to hide. I want it to go away. So you act like a kid again and cover your head up and, okay, it's not here anymore. You know, it's just a very odd reaction. So when somebody writes it down, I'm happy. You know, not so, only that, but it, yes, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you if um, you could uh, read us a couple pages from your book, and and I was just trying to tell you ahead of time if you if you had it handy, if you would read some to us in a little while. Yes, I have my computer on hand, and thank God it's not okay. um, nothing okay. to do with the Internet because if my my story is there. I don't have any Internet right now. Like I said, I'm in the mountains right here. <laughs> There's nothing going on okay. with the <laughs> So let me... Um, let me see if I get something really quick here. Yeah, you just uh, so. Um, how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have one sister, and I have uh, two brothers. So we are four siblings. Yes. Have you guys remained close? Close. Family is very close. We we always see each other. We travel. Uh, was a month where my other brother was living in Washington, uh, the state. My other brother was living in uh, Washington, the capital, and I was living in no. My other brother was living in Florida, and I was living in Texas. And my sister is living here in California. And we always travel and see each other. We 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 always visit each other. We are always in contact. We call each other at least once a week or a month. We we never oh, lose okay. contact with each other. Yes. Uh, we try to be closer, you know, the the most that we yeah. can because it's huge. It's a huge country. We have to travel a lot. Yeah. So, uh, well, what I have right now yeah, is the part where I flew the, my country. I don't know if you if you want to listen to this part. Or... Yes, I do. Go ahead. Okay. Um, this is that film, the name of your book. Yes, it's in my book. It's going to be in my book. And, um, okay, um, this is no, This is another part. This is the beginning of my book. So here, ever since I was a tyke, I possessed the ability to remember all my pleasant memories. However, I was born with abilities of, of, of second nature that my own family felt too uncomfortable to accept. These impressions of otherworldly experiences will come to me when I deep into myself. I have no choice but to accept I have a hyperactive imagination and go with the logical way of thinking imposed by my father. My life will be ordinary when extraordinary events began to happen and I couldn't express myself to be understood. I had to grow out out of them eventually. Meanwhile, part of these memories remained repressing my subconscious. Uh, I'm glad I was not the only one in my family. My brother's soul who who's a real skeptic and his his own experience with the unknown before I was even born. That, that's the story I was telling you. My mom was yeah. pregnant with me. My mom was pregnant with me while her three-year-old boy played in his room with his toys. Unexpectedly, he came racing into the living room where my mom was needing a whole mess of my baby stuff. So, 
totally frenetic screaming horror, not able to make any sense, does he point it out to the wall in a panic. Mom rushed into the, his room. Who knows what she was thinking? Still trying to figure out the situation out, she was astonished to see a mysterious three-dimensional silhouette form of the sparkles of light. The experience became unnerving to her when it began vanishing within moments into the air. Furthermore, what Saul described after he calmed down was an angelic being. My mother was a, a partial witness to this experience. My brother further says he still remembers to this day the long golden blonde hair and blue eye aforesaid female beauty giving him a message. I truly believe that there are people like me that have squandered their gift. They throw out a lot of excuses to either deny it and some others take advantage of this of those seeking answers in their pitiful lives. That really doesn't matter. My whole family has witnessed paranormal activity at various stages of their lives, such as the spirits or visions does. Most of them tend to deny it. People have their reasons, and I am of the opinion that no one has the right to impose their will on, not, on anyone. Over 10 years have gone by since my own experiences. This is in my book at 16 when, you know, this experience. Yeah. Uh, I, I, in my book, I'm 16 years uh-huh. old, so that's why I say over yeah, thank 10 you. years. Mm-hmm. With what I believe yes. were otherworldly beings, thus I kept quiet. How can I share anything with anyone without sounding like a tinfoil mouth hatter? I knew my life was different since then. I was too afraid to talk about it and get misjudged by my peers at school. Although I can't remember all the facts as clear as I wished, I can't deny the fact that I was afraid to find out the truth for myself. The key was how much damage to my psyche I have done for hiding and masking these issues. I stopped trusting people about this particular matter. That's two pages right there. Yes. Gosh, thank you. And uh, uh, what's the name of your book again? Oh, no. Hi, Carl. I just I think you should turn a little bit because it seems like you turn away a little bit. Or, I don't know. You find the hot spot in your room. I don't know. Are you still there? Oh. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. Oh, good. 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 Okay. Great. Uh, so, uh, when can we expect uh, your book to be published? So, what's the name of your book? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, the Curse of the Gifted. Yes. My journey into the unknown. And uh, I'm going to have this book published uh, by next month. Oh, that's great. And then uh, where can they find your book? Uh, And plus, uh, please tell everybody your blog. Yes, uh, my blog is on Facebook as Carlo S. Cornevalini. And uh, they can uh, find me there. Uh, I'm I'm a public. uh, I have my, my Facebook is public. And uh, mm-hmm. they can befriend me. They can friend me there, and you know, like me, go through my book, little stories that I put here and there, uh, so people have an idea about my book. I have five other books that I eventually gonna be publishing. But this is my main book because of my experiences. I wanted to make sure that I put these experiences in writing, and um, and uh, and you know, uh, it's gonna be ready next month. Yeah. Have you been able to attend uh, 
uh, any of the conferences or anything? And what's your impression of what's going on in ufology today? Well, um, I think people is more open now. That's why one of the reasons that helped me to go through writing my book because I was fearful, like you said you were. Uh, when you are you have these real experiences, you are fearful that something is going to happen to you. And that's open now. There's hundreds of people who believe people of all walks of life with different backgrounds of education, and that what pleased me because. They accept them. People have seen UFOs. You know, Los Angeles, UFOs are seen every day. Every day we have experiences here. You're kind of breaking up, Carlos. Oh, that in Los Angeles is a place for, to see UFOs. Okay. There's, oh, everybody has experiences here in the Los Angeles uh, area. <laughs> and. Uh, People is more open to that in this city, you know, because they have they are exposed to UFOs like almost every day. Somebody has a story, and not only one witness, but twenty, thirty witnesses there. Yeah, you exactly. You can Google that, and you can see the UFOs everywhere. This is a UFO city. Okay. Okay. Uh, we have a question from Chet from Ann. Um, he said he, he experienced uh, many supernatural encounters, not just extraterrestrial. What experiences have you had recently? She wants to hear about some of your experiences. Recently? Hello? I would say, you know, what, what, what are some of the experiences that stood out to you? Yes, my experiences right now, I haven't had any experiences but the UFOs that I saw with my mother and the ones that I've seen in the mountains with other people and in downtown Los Angeles that I have gathered with groups of people and we have been watching UFOs there, that has been my latest experiences. I haven't had, like like I told you, for 10 years, all these things stopped all of a sudden. And uh, I, I all of a sudden I have experiences that, I feel like they're communicating with me or something, but, uh, you know, I try, like you said, try to fight it, try to not get involved because when I have decided to, you know, make this communication possible, it's fears coming to you. Like your human body doesn't resist that, to have that communication with these beings. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like this fear takes over you and even though I'm used to have a lot of experiences, you know, it's like a new experience every time you go through this. It's like a new experience, and then you try to to walk away from that. It, many people say, if I have the chance to communicate with this being, I'll do it. That's what they say because they never had the experience. But when you go through this experiences, you don't want to have this communication. It, it overcomes you, you know. It, it's bigger than you. Well, because, you know, you you have to work. You have to have a family and live in a normal life. And most people aren't having these experiences, and you have to go to work every day. So you have yeah. to compartmentalize it, really, in a way. You know, you have to set it aside. That's true. That's, that is true, yes. And also there are people that are uh, making up stories, and that makes us look bad. Because, you know, yeah. when when you see people making up stories, you know, they're going to be cutting their lie quickly. And then all of us are involved and people stop believing. And 
the people who doesn't believe because the ones that believe they already had an experience before. So it's like every time more people and more people are believing because they haven't experienced it themselves. But uh, the other part that, that is difficult to reach is because they never experienced anything. And when they see these fools, you know, making up stories and stuff, it's like n- nobody wants to give credit to the ones that have the real experiences. Right. Um, okay, if anybody has any more questions, please put them on in the chat room. And then the call-in number tonight is 619-924-9744 to speak with our guests and ask them any questions. And um, I was thinking about the next generation. What What do you, your, what's your advice for the next generation of the young people coming up now? Because we do have some that seem to be concerned about Mother Earth, they're green, they're green so to speak, and then uh, they they have, uh, they're pretty open-minded. There's not many, but to me they stand out. I really love their open-mindedness. I don't know if you've met any of the new uh, new people coming in, young people coming out. Yes. Um, they are more open because they, they are... Uh, they, 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 all of them have known that these people, these experiences are real, and more people are believing this is real because there are proofs. You know, now with the internet, which we didn't have any internet when we were kids. You know, we our minds were not that open to accept, and these people that are born now, they have the internet. You know, and they they can Google anything they want, and they can see for themselves. You know that there are a lot of stories that are real and true, and they're more accepting because of the Internet. Right. What kind of work did you uh, do for the military, if you don't mind my asking? You don't have to answer if you don't want to. What kind of work what now? Did you work for the military, you said? For the military? Yeah. No, I used to work for the uh, civil government. uh, Oh, okay. Over, yeah, the Superior Courthouse in Los Angeles. Mhm. How long were you there? I I was there for seven years. Uh, that was over twenty years ago, I think. Uh, yeah, about twenty years ago, I worked there for about seven years, and then I've been working uh, in tourism, and I had my own business before I moved from Florida back to LA, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes, but I I got my health got really bad and and I moved back with my my mother who lives here and my sister you know well now all of my brothers my my siblings live here and uh, okay good finally we we all live around here so you know we uh, when when I got sick and I and I got divorced I didn't have anything to live for in Florida so I moved back to LA which. I love LA. This is the city that welcomed me when I was a young boy, and and this is the city I love to be in. Yeah, it's very hard to stay away from here. You know, the cost of living is high. You know, but because um, I want to buy a house someday, but I don't know if I can stay here. You know, I might have to move out of the area. But when I retire, but I do love LA, especially right now when we're enjoying this heavenly weather. It's just been so beautiful. It's really dreamy out here. I don't know, you know, people that don't live here don't realize what we're going through right now. It's such a cool feeling. It feels like Indian summer. It's a a beautiful 
feeling, really. Yeah. Is it like where you are? Yeah, it's beautiful. It really is. I wish it would feel like this all the time, but I know this means we're going to have a very hot summer. But anyway, um, do you uh, believe um, about the future? Have you gotten any messages uh, or think you had some insights into uh, any... You know, any kind of feature thing or warnings or ideas? Well, when September 11th happened, I have that week, a week uh, before, I was having experiences about crashing, about war and things. And the very day of 7-11, the, the, the terrorist attack, I had yeah. the whole vision of that uh, in a different way, of course, but I had the whole vision of that. But about that was uh, like a tragedy uh, vision. But then in 1979, I have a vision of the future, and uh, I was taken up out of the uh, my experiences. I was taken up out of the sphere, out of the earth, and I was shown future the future things that were going to happen in the earth. You know, like the corruption was gonna get bigger and and worse and everything. Like everybody else tells the stories. You know, I don't know why they keep telling you the same thing. It's like we know already, but uh, that's what my experience was. I don't know. They they probably have a purpose. I don't know what what the purpose is. But to me, my opinion after I had these experiences with these beings, my personal opinion is that they like training you. This is like a training for people like me at least, you know, and there probably there are other hundreds of people like me everywhere. But uh, to me, I thought that this is some kind of training, like you go through this training for some reason. Something is going to happen, and then you have to do something about it, but I don't know. I don't have the answer. I cannot tell you why they're showing some people like me things that are going to happen, and, you know, because I can do nothing about it. I can go and tell the newspaper, and I can go and tell everybody, and they're going to think I'm crazy. So, you know, whatever I said, I'm nobody. They don't know me. People don't know who I am. They don't know if I'm lying or I'm crazy. But I feel in my heart that they train you. They they are training you for some reason, something. You, you're going to be make, You're gonna be doing something in the future, maybe not in this life, maybe in another life, but um, it's some kind of training. That's what I think. That, that's what I'm being, I've been going through. I feel that I've been going through a training while I'm on this yeah. earth, and that, that's my feeling. You know, I would agree with you on that one. I think a lot of us have felt the same way, that uh, class is in session, and, and we're going through some kind of a training experience. And um, do you have uh, any idea about why you, I'm sure people are saying, well, why me? Why not, you know, 10 other people? But why you? Yes, I used to say that a lot. I used to be angry. I, I When I was, uh, before the war broke in my country, I used to be really angry, an angry boy. And uh, my, the cover on my book, if you see that boy right there with the green eyes, that's me. Yeah. Uh, my eyes, of course, are not green, but uh, the reason they're green is because of my experiences. When I'm having these experiences, my eye turn into the maybe they don't turn into a different color, but that's the feel that the way I feel that they turn into green or or yellow or blue or something. They change colors, and that's how I see my visions. I see like 
they lit up, you know, my eyes lit up, and then I see these visions, and that's why my eyes I bring on the book. But that's, if you see that picture, that's me. And if you see that boy, that boy is angry. You can see that boy is angry, and that's how I felt yeah. when I was 14 years old because I was angry. Why am I going through this? Why? Why is this happening to me? And I never had the answer. But like I said, now that I'm older and I, I'm a grown-up and, and my experiences of this, why, the why, it's because I'm in a training and I don't understand it because I'm in the human form. You know, in the human form, you're limited. And you're not supposed to know. If they tell you, then the mystery is gone. Somehow they have to keep the mystery under wraps. And I don't know why. I wish I can know, but I don't have any answer. The only thing that I can tell you is that I feel in my heart that this is some kind of training for the way that my experiences have been going through. They've been positive. Most of them have been positive experiences. And I feel that this is a training, you know. They, they let me see things so I can trust them, so I can trust the information that, where, where the information is coming from. And somehow I'm somebody that, that they have a purpose. They put me here like everybody else have a purpose, but my purpose in, in particular, my purpose is something else. And, and that purpose is a training. I, I'm going through this training for some reason because something is going to happen and I'm going to have to do something about it. Uh, you know, like with other people, because I'm not the only one. I, I had experiences where there's hundreds of people with me. I'm not the only person that I'm not the only human. And, and you know, people from all races all, all over the world, they've been sitting with me there, like some kind of training. And I don't know what this training is for, for but I know that they, they need us to be there doing this training. And you know, and I'm as normal as anybody. You know, I'm not nothing special. I don't have any special powers or anything. I feel just as normal as anybody else. And I don't feel, you know, that I have any special gift or anything. Of course I do, but I, I don't feel that way. You know, I feel just like any other person that walks around in this earth. But somehow they have these people, they show them these people to have this training. Uh, I think I, I agree. And I feel like we are preparing um, for some kind of thing in the future. I don't. I don't. Not sure. I'm sure it. It must be. I, I'm thinking. I'm trying to be optimistic about this. Somehow, uh, changing and saving the earth and coming back from the destruction where we seem to be heading, and uh, that's what I think. So now, when uh, this causes a spiritual crisis. What was uh, your feeling on your religion and the aliens? Like, what what answer did you come up with for yourself? Well, when I was very young and I grew up being Catholic and going to church every three three times a week, and you know, on Sunday, Sunday church, and and everything, I thought God was some kind of like. Like a, like a fairy tale kind of thing. And then when I had these experiences with these things and everything, I was like wondering if there was a God. Because how come they don't, the Bible doesn't talk about them? But then when you read the Bible, you, you read about these beings. You, you read about beings, you know. They don't describe you the being exactly, but they tell you things about these beings. So, you know, God is there. I, I didn't stop believing in God because I... I, I stopped believing in God for a moment because it's, you have moments of doubt about faith, religion. Sometimes you you think God is religion. God is not religion. 
just because I'm Catholic doesn't mean I'm going to be safe or whatever, you know, whatever we believe. Um, but um, my mind is open to know that there is a God, and, and I believe the Bible, I believe the God of the Bible, but I also believe there are these beings. And somehow these beings are here for a reason, and there is a purpose bigger than, than humans can think. We are fighting here wars, and we are killing each other, and we are fighting because my religion is better than yours, and my God is better than yours, or there is no God. And in the end, you know, we, we are fighting for nothing. We, we have forgotten that we have to experience love and forgiveness. We have to experience friendship. And, and, you know, we are forgetting that we're supposed to be one, you know, not everyone separated by races or by color, by, by, by language or by, uh, by country. We are the same people, you know. We are all in this together. And if we don't work hard to, to achieve our goal as humans, then we still stuck, you know, stuck right there and we're not growing. We, we have to forget about these differences, you know, and, and that's how I feel. I feel that, that when I deny God in a few years that I was going through issues in my faith, uh, then I came to an understanding. You know, I, I have this experience with other beings. These were Nordic beings, uh, and, you know, they look like humans, and they talked to me, and, and they told me, they gave me some understanding. Like I said, they talk to you through the mind, and they give you, they input thoughts into you. And it's not a conversation that like you and me are talking here. With one idea, they tell you everything. It's like you look at a picture uh, in your wall, in the wall. You look at a, a painting that you have in the wall, and I don't have to explain to you every detail of the painting. You just look at it, and you know what's going on there. And that's the way they give you their information. They put thoughts into you, and you already know. And and um, I have experienced this because I've been with other beings like me, and together, and we have one thought, and that is what. Uh, faith in believing in God and believing in yourself is, and growing as human is to have one mind, you know, all of us together to, to agree in something. And the issue we having as humans is like most of us are selfish. We don't want to think like the other because we're better than that people. Or, you know, I'm better than you because of my color. I'm better than you because of my country. I'm better than you because of something. We have an excuse. And, and, you know, that's the problem that I had, that I was denying my faith because I was in this position, like fighting, I'm better than you, or he's better than me, or whatever, having these issues instead of thinking, you know, positive. And once that I have this uh, experience, this other experience, then I realized I have to, to stop being selfish. And I'm I'm fighting a big battle because I'm selfish. You know, I'm human. I'm only human. I'm selfish. I I I I do a lot of bad things because I'm selfish. And most of us are selfish because we want, you know, to the world to think like we think. And you know, we want like everybody else. We want material things, and material things are not going to help us in anything. We, they 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 can help us a little bit on this earth, but. It, that doesn't mean that I'm going to be better than somebody else because I hold these material things. Yeah, I was, uh, there's a, another comment uh, 
coming from. I like what you said, and I just started having this thought that um, as we're, you know, busy arguing with each other about the case for religion or this one religion or that religion or anything else, we don't seem, it seems like an excuse just to not take responsibility for each other. Like, he's not my brother, Mm -hmm. so screw him or kill him or, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like absolving your responsibility for your fellow human by coming up with a big excuse of that religion's the problem or, or whatever. Uh, it's just a thought. But, um, okay, somebody said, okay, personally, I'm, I'm, this is uh, Chris 1413. Personally, I'm inclined to view that the extraterrestrials are inimical to, to human be- well-being. I don't know what that word one word means. Anyway, my feeling is that something sinister is behind their activities. Uh, now, that comment I also agree with because the, the, why do they have to have everything secret and why are they sneaking around in the middle of the night and dragging me out of my bed? You know, worse, why are they dragging my kids too out of the bed? If that's what's happening, if it's generational, that means they're taking me and my kids without my permission. So what do you think about that, Carlo? Yes, I think that there are two kinds of beings, you know. Well, I don't know how many kinds, but I, in my opinion, there are two kinds of uh, situations here. One is the positive situations, and the other ones are the negative situations. We have enemies besides we have these other beings that are trying to help us out. We have enemies of these beings and enemies of the human race. And these beings that are coming into your room and, you know, and abuse your um, your freedom and take your family and do experiments on you or whatever, and why not, right? Uh, they are the enemies because they're supposed to respect you at least. In my experiences, I have a couple of experiences like that where I didn't want to go. I didn't feel welcome. I didn't feel like I wanted to participate. And uh, either, either way, I was taken. And that's not fair, and I was traumatized for a long time. That's one of the reasons that I felt that uh, my my marriage didn't work because it was affecting me throughout my marriage and throughout my personal life uh, that I was having these experiences uh, more than 10 years ago. And But I, the other experiences I have, they were positive. So, you know, to me, there are two kinds of beings with two different agendas. One are one kind of being is the ones that come here to give us a hand, to help us out, to evolve and everything, and the other ones are here to you know to scare us, to to do to use us as animals or something. So you know, in my opinion, there are two kinds of beings, and those are the enemies in my in my opinion. Wow. Well, uh, oh, okay. Somebody's explaining that word to me. Uh, it's just the first time I've seen that word, and I don't know why. Um, uh, okay, so we'll answer it, and I do agree that uh, almost all except for one of my personal abductee experiences have been negative. And I hate to say that, but it's just that I didn't like it. I didn't want to go. And there was only one that was a positive, and that was quite odd. But uh, and I, one of my, my best friend in the world, she was with me when it happened, too. And I wanted to ask you a couple things. Um, what 
Um, do you ever, because you're saying currently you don't feel you're being abducted, currently do you hear that ringing in your ear or that strange buzzing? Like, you know, switch from one yeah. ear or another. Do you hear that anymore? No, I don't. Um, I had those experiences, and they told wow. me what tinnitus. They, they they told me they were tinnitus, and I had it since I was a teenager. And 10 years ago, they all stopped all of a sudden. Once in a blue moon, I get this ringing, but I don't get it like before. It was like once a day or at least three times per week. So they went, they, it was with me throughout my life, and I thought it was needles because that's what I read and that's what everybody says and that's what the doctor says. But I don't think it is needles. I think that it's, it, it, you are like a radio transmitter, and somehow your body reacts like that. I think we, we are like a machine, and that's some kind of communication thing, you know, device that is inside us. I don't know if it's natural or if it's uh, something that they put on us, but... But uh, to me, that is exactly what it is. It's like a communication device. And, uh, you know, somehow I I don't have the need of that anymore because somehow I'm having this communication freely and uh, I haven't felt this. Uh, broadly in this last 10 years, I had, it, I had this like three or four times. I experienced that three or four times. But if it was tinnitus, I, it, that would not cure or go away by itself. And uh, But to me, it was uh, communication because I have these communications and these thoughts implanted into me, and and that's how I feel, you know, regardless what the doctors and the scientists tell you. You know, they can tell you anything, but those are theories only. They're not really sure what happened or what's going on. So, you know, I don't trust the scientists and, and the doctors when they, when something comes out like that. They always find an explanation. And uh, and I don't want to sound like I know all the answers, but I know what, what I went through. So. so a couple nights ago, I dreamt again. I knew that I was being abducted because it was odd. I was standing, and I was going to be getting on this this big white bus. And the stairs getting up into the bus, I looked at them and I said, wow, oh, this is very steep and narrow. And it looked ultra modern, just beautiful, curvy steps and curved on the sides. And it was all white in the stairwell. And uh, I, I somehow got up there quite easily. And then all of a sudden I was on a shore and I was wondering where I was. I was like, I've never been at the Atlantic near Florida, so I don't know what that beach looks like. But I was thinking, wow, this is so flat. It goes out so far. And then it was the sunset. But you know how the sunset usually goes, you know, along the horizontal, along the horizon, right? Like uh, orange and blue. But this sunset was going uh, vertical, which was very mm-hmm. odd. So I was looking at it, so half the sky was blue, half the sky was orange. And I just thought it was odd, but also very beautiful. I remember even in the dream I was saying, uh, and there was people on the beach that looked very unusual. But I was thinking, well, this is really odd, and it's not because I'm near the Pacific Ocean. I'm used to seeing you know, it one way, but it didn't even look like the Atlantic. And uh, it's weird you said Miami, because I was wondering if it was Miami or... But then the 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 sunset was so strange, you know, that it was going the other way. It was going up and down instead of horizontal. So that's kind of odd, don't you think? 
Yeah, you're describing exactly how the Pacific, the Atlantic looks like. I, I traveled through the uh, islands of the Atlantic and uh, the Caribbean islands and the Caribbean coast of my country as well, and that's exactly what you're describing. You know, the five beaches with the flat sand and and the orange uh, sunset. Yeah, that's exactly what it is up there. I didn't know that. I've never I've never been there. So, but I was there a couple nights ago, and it's and it was just unusual people, and I, it was just uh, odd. So I guess I'm, I'm traveling. So I'm a current abductee, so, you know, I'm learning, and I'm, it's like uh, I'm in process all the time. And um, so it's great to be able to talk about this. So uh, this is what another another uh, comment um, from the chat room. The very, fact, the very fact that humans are being abducted against their will is a clear sign that something is occurring which is at odd with human freedom. I still agree with that, that I have always uh, resented being taken. And sometimes I'm actually shown a scenario that kind of helps me along, like you know, like the one I just told you, actually about going mm-hmm. to see a very unusual ocean and beach that I'm not used to seeing. And it, I wasn't unpleasant, but I'm curious during the whole time. You know what I mean? It's curious in a different way. Like, I'm curious uh, how the ship's going to work. I'm curious how the sky works over here near this ocean. And it's usually stuff we don't think of. Because here, you just walk on the beach, there it is, and you think it's beautiful. I did think where I went was beautiful, but it had a different kind of beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's strange. Yes. Anyway, at least I have it, have it recorded before I forget it. Go ahead. Let's never forget that we are a spiritual, uh, a spiritual beings living in this uh, physical body. You know, we are very spiritual, and people forget that. They forget that this is a little dress that we have on. We, we, what we are is, is the real truth of what we are is we are a spiritual beings. You know, so you can have these experiences all the time, and you can travel with your spirit anywhere. You know, and. And, and this is not something crazy. This is the truth. You know, we are not what we see. We are inside of this this uh, dress that we are we're, we have on. You know, we, you are spiritual. You're gonna have uh, all kinds of experiences. Hmm. Okay. So there is a comment. Now this is this person's comment. It's not mine, and I'm not quite sure about this view. So. I've got to think about this one some more. Okay, so uh, this is Chris fourteen thirteen once again. Uh, my personal view is that there hierarch there are hierarchies of spiritual beings far above man. Some are assisting humanity in its progress, while others are opposed. Some lower beings are physical in nature, and these are behind ET activity. What's your comment on that? I do agree. You know that. I have. I really don't read this kind of books or anything about uh, people make uh, the people that have those experiences or they give their opinion because I don't want to contaminate my own thoughts. And when yeah. I write my books, I try not to read things that I, you know, related to my book. So, but in my in my personal opinion, since the experiences that I had in the past, that's what I believe exactly what this person made a comment of. That, that there are hierarchies there, people with different, well, these beings with different ranks, and uh, they are here for a purpose, to help us out. And, and 
yeah, like in everything, you know, I think that if we have kingdoms and and presidents and we have uh, leaders, that's exactly what it is out there. You know, we we are only their children. We are the children of this civilization. You know, uh, spiritual or not, we we are the the part of this creation. Wow. Okay. Um. These are some smart people asking these questions. Okay, so <laughs> let's see. Let's see. There's a, another question. Now, this is uh, what I would consider a stupid question, but okay, I'm going to ask it. It's not from our chat. It's from a stupid uh, area. Okay, are low-income families abducted? <laughs> <laughs> I never even thought to ask that question, but yes, personally, I did. When I was first abducted, I was actually living in the projects in Pacoima, California. So I can tell you that you, uh, yeah, low-income people are abducted. <laughs> stupid. Anyway, go ahead. And then Chris was saying also that the Christian terms of these hierarchies are angels, etc. I just have to think about that. I know, okay, so I did have a strange, I mean strange, loud voice. Tell me something a few days ago now. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I do love the era of the computer. I really do. You know what I mean? So, you know, I also am a Facebook person that uh, puts all kinds of stuff up here, you know, stuff that I think is funny. Most of the time I'm, it's funny, but this wasn't so funny. And it was uh, a voice that said this before I woke up. And this is what it said. It said... If I can find it fast enough. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see. I'm going. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Uh Uh-oh. Let's see. I'm sorry. I'm not going to... Okay, here it is. This is what a voice said to me, a very loud voice says, and it startled me, so I jumped out of bed. So that's when I get like a message like that. It startles me so much. I, even if I'm tired, I'm off, I'm off the bed in a hot second. Anyway, it says, It said in a loud voice to me, For we wrestled not against flesh and blood, blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And it turned out to be Ephesians 6.12. And I didn't have that memorized, but in my sleep, the voice knew that, and that's what it said. So when I woke up, I was startled. I was like, wow, scary. And uh, anyway, that's that's true. That's true. Uh, okay, Chris is saying angels, archangels, etc. Some of these are beings at odds with human freedom. Huh. I feel that Earth is a battleground and perhaps even a prison of sorts. And then, and has been saying that she said, "I have an encouraging chart to have more spiritual warfare topics." And uh, this is very unusual what we're talking about here. And um, I am going to do that other topic too, and uh, in the future. But anyway, uh, this might be part of the whole warfare. We don't know, but it, it depends on the person. So, I for for some reason it's been when I'm getting abducted personally. Mostly it's scientific, so they're actually getting my DNA, uh, showing me things, asking me questions. I get tested a lot, and uh, anyway, stuff like that. But once in a while, they will approach me with a spiritual question, you know, once in a while. And I 
I don't know if they want to know or they're, they want to know what I think about things, but they have asked me, you know, questions like, big questions. Like, uh, I was like in a panel in the dream. I was on this panel, and they asked everybody uh, what they thought of why we have different races and, you know, what do I think about it all. And so everybody gave other answers, and I think they all looked like they had been drugged or something. So I remember looking around at everybody, uh, looking around at everybody and thinking, wow, you know. But what I said was, well, as God plants so many different plants and, and flowers and varieties and everything, so he likes variety in that we're variety too. And I love the variety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of odd, you know, they look at you like quizzically when they ask, answer, you know, when they ask a question and you give them that kind of answer, they go, what? You know, but it's true. That's the way I feel. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> oh, sheesh. Anyway, so uh, let's keep going. So, uh, So what are your thoughts on this whole thing, spiritual warfare and the whole thing? Yeah, um, like I said, I, I believe that we got a physical being and living in this physical world, and and uh, there are spiritual warfare out there that we we cannot perceive them easily because we are in this spiritual we are in this physical body. But um, some people like me, like you and me, and there's hundreds of us out there that are very sensible to this. I I have seen, you know, uh, these wars. And when I was in Florida, uh, there was this uh, Katrina. Remember Katrina? Yes, I do. Yes, and there was this uh, big storm out there, and I I looked over the window because something uh, was odd. And when I what I saw was a spiritual world out there. And they... Uh, they they were I saw these uh, other beings fighting with these angelical beings, and uh, that was another experience that I had. And this one was like real, real. It wasn't like uh, like a vision. It was no vision. It was I saw it. They uh, appeared in front of my eyes outside the, my window, you know. And the, in Florida, most of the uh, the complex where people live, uh, they have uh, little lakes you know, uh, everywhere. And I saw this uh, spiritual being fighting and materializing there in front of my eyes. And it was really scary, you know, because it's true. You, we, we don't see them, but they're there and there's fights. And uh, sometimes they, people think these are hurricanes and natural things from the earth, but they don't understand that the metaphysical thing, you know, the 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 spiritual battles that are out there, that probably that's why they cause the uh, hurricanes and earthquakes or whatever. We just see the physical thing and whatever the scientists can prove. But the spiritual thing is hard to prove. So but people doesn't want to believe. They don't want to accept that there is a spiritual world out there and we are spiritual beings living in this physical body. You You actually saw this during Katrina? Yes, I saw. I when the uh, the hurricane, people don't go to work or anything. You stay at your home, and uh, because it's like really dangerous. And if if they tell you to go away from your area, then you have to go to find a shelter or something. And uh, but we were not under this danger in the area where I was living. It, it was a, a, a town called Kendall, 
next uh, near Miami in the county of uh, Day. And um, when I heard something all different than a hurricane, because I've been in Florida for over 15 years, I knew how a hurricane and storm sounds like. But this was a different thing. It was something beyond the hurricane noises, you know, and different sounds like screamings and stuff. And I look over the window. It was at night, and, you know, it was the, the most scary thing I ever seen, you know. Uh, there was a bottle out there. Uh, on top of the lake, and I saw these beings materialize for seconds, you know, but they materialized and dematerialized within seconds, but they did it like three or four times in front of my eyes. I had that experience. Wow. And then it turned out to be a horrible thing, too. That uh, We just talked about this a couple of weeks ago because uh, some of us, you know, I know a lot of people still aren't over it, and uh, I, I personally was so angry. It was the, the, the biggest personal uh, contribution I ever made was to uh, support Katrina, and I was so angry because it took so long for the help to arrive. It shouldn't take three days for people to get help and get out of there. In the meantime, they're wallowing in hell, you know what I mean, made right here in the United States. It's just ridiculous. Yes. So, you know, yes. you remember that, Paul? Mm-hmm. You mean in, uh, in, in New Orleans? Yeah. Yes, uh, that was sad. It was sad. Thank God I was living in Florida then. And, but it was yeah. a sad story. It was a sad story, yeah. It's still still impacting, too, because still not all back together. So, anyway, Mm -hmm. um, let's see. There was another comment. uh, Okay. This is a comment. So, I think Chris is giving us some thought. So, um, he says, the race is a result of incarnations that took place in the Atlantean times, in my humble opinion. In those times, the body was shaped by inner processes of the soul. It was more pliable. Races today are echoes of these. Well, I don't know. And another comment uh, from uh, Anne. Anne is a, it's like uh, demons and angels. And then uh, then Chris is saying, demons, at least the higher ones, are simply angelic beings that refuse to advance in more progressive stages of evolution. They act to the contrary of the divine plan, so to speak. Now, that you know, that's what it says in the Bible. They're all angels. Even the devil was an angel, so. Hmm. Interesting. What are, you, what are your comments on this, Carl? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So is this some of the ideas that you wrestle with yourself? I'm sorry? Is this some of the ideas that I'm telling you is coming from chat? Uh, Have you uh, given this some thought yourself? About what? I'm sorry. You're breaking down. Oh, I am? Okay. So it would be uh, they're saying that it's about demons and angels. And and then uh, Anne was saying um, that... um, she just believe that there's a there's a you know a spiritual warfare at work, and then this is saying yes. So he's, explain, he's explaining demons. Uh, he or she, I don't know Chris's real first name. Anyway, at least this was this is. Can you hear this? What I'm saying now? Yes, yes. 
Okay, good. Okay, at least the higher ones are simply angelic beings that refuse to advance to more progressive stages of evolution. They are contrary to the divine plan, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Well, um, I can uh, give you an answer on that because I'm not too... Uh, I don't know a lot about that. In my personal opinion is that I know there are angels and demons out there. Um, some people believe, some don't, but I do because I have my experiences. Like I said, I, and, and Katrina, mm-hmm. I saw angels and demons fighting there in a battle. And, you know, for some people I might be crazy, but I know what I saw and I know I'm not crazy. So, so but uh, I have uh, my faith. And uh, I, I experience, I, I have experienced demons and angels. I have, you know, I've been attacked before, and my mom is my witness in many things. And one, one day we were coming from the Queen Mary, and we we mm-hmm. saw these demons uh, getting off the, uh, the, you know, there, when you go to the Queen Mary, there is a little curve when you're coming back on the seven ten. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As you enter, there is a little curve. On that curve, uh, uh, a big cloud of demons, get, uh, they race up from the ground and attack our car, and we almost crashed. And, and I was the only one who saw it. I was driving, and I had my, we were celebrating my birthday. And uh, it was my cousin and my sister in the back and one of my nieces. And my mom was in the front with me driving my uh, Pathfinder. And uh, we, I saw it and I didn't say anything because I told you I didn't want to sound like I'm not. And every time I'm seeing demons or ghosts or whatever, I don't tell anybody. I might see something and I don't tell you. But my mom says, "Did you see those demons?" And I was laughing so hard because oh, I, I just couldn't believe my mom telling me that. Did you see those demons? And it's like, you know, I, I you know, I have my Can witnesses. Can you describe yeah. what they look like? Can you describe what they look like? Yes. Um, have you seen the mummy, the movie, the mummy? Yes. You know where all these these uh, cadavers get up from the grave and attack this guy exactly like them, but of course wow. in ghostly images. You know you can see the, the transference, but they have a body. You you can tell the the shape of their bodies and the monsters' faces, and they you know like these demons that like these are. Uh, Mommies that uh, raised from the grave and attacked this guy exactly like those. They, you know, Hollywood, uh, Hollywood can be very um, asserting about describing demons and, and, and angels because I have seen angels and demons and they look exactly like Hollywood has portrayed them in the movies. Uh, I don't know how Hollywood knows about this, how, how people create them. But I've seen them before. Yeah, I even seen those movies before. I even saw those movies. I was, you know, since I'm a young man, I I have seen them, and they look exactly like those. So it's like somebody probably saw something, and they came up with the idea about describing these demons in the movie. Wow, I'm wondering if it's because the Queen Mary is over there. Yeah, you know that I I heard that Queen Mary is haunted. The Queen Mary is definitely haunted. Yeah, I I haven't been I've been to the Port Haunted one time a long time ago, and uh, I didn't feel comfortable there. But I never I I cannot tell you I saw anything. <clears throat> but that day, my niece 
the, she she works uh, in the movie industries and and moves around that atmosphere and everything. She told me, oh, we had a party at the Queen Mary. I want to take you there for your birthday, whatever. We went there. And when we were coming back, I didn't see anything at the Queen Mary, but when we were coming back, we were attacked by these demons, and nobody saw them by me. But then when my mom said it, I knew my mom saw them too, but nobody else saw them because they're not as sensitive as we are, as my mom and me. And so, you know, but I definitely, the Queen Mary... There's a lot of people that claim they have uh, experiences with ghosts and everything out there, negative experiences. Yeah, and that's what's going on over there. So maybe that you guys were perceiving, I don't know, we've, I've had so many odd experiences going to and from the Zero International Party on the Queen Mary. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's I was right. wondering why you were there, but uh, that's that's just a whole odd thing. It's like there's a vortex over there of, of some kind. Yeah. Okay, uh, I have another question. Let's see. Uh, how are you doing tonight? How are you feeling right now? Oh, I'm feeling very good, very nice. Okay. I'm okay. in a really quiet area, very nice with beautiful landscapings and everything, the mountains. Oh, nice. How oh, beautiful. Okay. Mm, beautiful uh, weather. Okay, so there's another question here. Uh, do you... Now, some of these people are asking, is it aliens or ghosts, or is psychic abilities and UFOs related, or um, there ancient evidence of aliens? I think that we have uh, have really, a lot of us have been discussing just that kind of thing. Okay, so go ahead. Um Okay, so are you uh, in current contact with anybody from back home? Say, if I'm in contact with someone from back home? Yeah. And are they uh, telling you that there's any strange experiences going on? Well, yes. At the house where I grew up, Mm -hmm. my family house back home, uh, has a story. They uh, before they built the house, they killed the woman there and they hung her and raped her. And uh, that was oh in the 1950s. In the 19 late 1950s, they built our homes in in the late 1950s as well. And our house is the exact place where the woman was murdered. And um, and we that's one of the reasons too that we have. Uh, experiences with ghosts and demons and whatever out there because something really nasty happened out there. And we didn't even know that woman was killed there until years later we found out. And uh, I returned to my home, to my family house, uh, at least once a year. And one day I was coming after 10 years, I haven't been into that house. And as soon as I was getting into the house, two little boys passed by my house. And they said, oh, that's where the haunted, that's the haunted house. And I was laughing because I said, why are you saying this is a haunted house? Because everybody knows something happens out there. Uh, things happen in this house. And we didn't, I didn't even know people knew. 
And uh, oh. some lady told me that she saw a woman walking into the wall. So it's like we have a haunted house right there. And we still have oh, wow. a house. It's a family house. You do? Mm-hmm. Is anybody currently living in it? Yes, I have. Uh, we have relatives living in there, but we, uh, I always have a space there, uh, a separate room for me. So when I go visit, sometimes I stay in the house and with my relatives that are taking care of my house. And, you know, yeah, we still have, own the house there. Wow, it's um, it's, it's gosh, it's just very really interesting. So, how often do you get to go back? At least once a year, or sometimes when when the the Civil War finished in my country and stuff, uh, I didn't go there for at least ten years. But then yeah. I've been going off and on once a year, or twice a year. Uh, I haven't been there lately. Well, I went there about four months ago. I was there for two weeks and uh but um I'm I really don't go that much because it's like the weather is really hot out there and I can stand heat. That's why I don't like Florida. I don't like the heat. I like California because the weather is always so nice. <laughs> but uh I try to go there at least once a year or something to my country and enjoy the beauty. We have all kinds of weather but in Managua it's really hot. What what month is that? What month is the best weather? Yeah. From January to March. From November to okay. to, to, uh, to February. Okay. And then it's really hot after that. I was just I was wondering how the weather yeah, was because I was that, actually yeah, I was yes, getting after some that pictures. Is really of, hot. Yeah, I was getting some uh, pictures of uh, where you used to live, and I was looking at a beautiful. It was down there and everything, and I was just wondering how the weather was. I know there's a, there's a lot of beaches down there. A lot of beaches, yes, and they're beautiful. Uh, but when I was growing up, it wasn't as hot as it is now. It was like in, it was a little cooler. Now it's like really, really hot somehow. They, um, they, they cut off a lot of trees in the mountains and stuff, and the weather has changed a lot out there. Hmm. Okay, so um, Anne's saying um, you should come to New York. That you'll love the snow out there. <laughs> it's cold. Anne, it's too cold. New York. Yeah, how do you New like York. New York? I love New York. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's see. What else? Is? We have so, so many uh, smart people in here in this uh, chat room. It's just uh, the questions have been fantastic. And... Uh, to me, it's too cold. You know, I love it because my son's there. You know, I was born in Boston, but I hear they had like 80 inches of snow. Just forget it. I just can't <laughs> deal with it. I can't deal no, with it. Not me. I, I love the cold weather, but not as much with the, with two, 10 inches of snow or something. Yeah. So, you know, when I was a kid, I lived upstate New York, and I lived near the Hudson. I had many odd experiences, you know. I never related things to ETs until actually the 80s when me and my best friend saw a, a ship together. And after that, we realized we were being abducted all the time. It, like, broke through yeah. our denial. We we knew things were going on, but we, we thought we were just having paranormal experiences all the time. When in actuality, mm-hmm. we're, we're yes, we were having paranormal experiences, but we were also having, uh, you know, these odd stuff happened that we couldn't explain and then we saw UFO together flying very low 
so we saw it really plain. And uh, then we realized that we were being abducted all the time. That's when I get a hold of Harvard, and that's when uh, I started going to Sierra. It wasn't that back that long ago, you know, at least 21 years ago. So I've been going there ever since. But, you know, I think everybody should reach out and get help. You can go to the Sierra uh, site or if you in your area there has to be some kind of uh, groups you know all over the United States you can now we have you know the internet thank goodness because we can go anywhere and get help for this and then uh, find a group you're comfortable with I just have to be comfortable in this one group and it's www.cerointernational.com and that's the website where you can leave a message for Yvonne Smith and uh, some of the other people there, you know, or or or, will answer, she, or the other people answer your questions. And Yvonne is just so uh, loving and welcoming, you know, so I don't think anybody would be frightened to actually go get help from her. But there's other ones. I know uh, Daryl Sims, I was talking about, just mentioned him in chat. Um, he does regression for free, but he's out of Texas. So that's Daryl Sims. He's on, I know he's on Facebook and he's in Texas. And he has his own point of view on this whole thing. So, you know, everybody has a point of view, but I think this is also good. It's like we're all different, and we all have a, a, a different gift to bring. Don't you, don't you agree? Yes, it's true. Yeah, because we, we, yeah, we all have a point of view. We all have a gift, but there's a reason why there's such a diverse crowd of us. Because if you uh, have us all sitting around a table, like we sit around a table, we are all different different walks of life, different, completely different people, Yet we feel attracted and drawn to each other, and we want to talk. Yes. Right. Yes, I think that um, we there for us, and not to be afraid of finding out what uh, you know what those answers are. Of course, you're not going to get a, a the full answer because in our human form, it's difficult to understand, but. But um, if you if you work at it, you know, then you're gonna feel more at peace with yourself, trying to find this answer and get an idea of what's going on. Why are you here? Why why do they want to communicate with you? Why why this and why that? And you know, you want to deal with that. You you can just hide your head into a hole, a dark hole, and forget about what's going on because you're not gonna be happy for the rest of your life. That's why what's happening to me. I'm still dealing with my demons and. You know, and 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 it's, but at least I have an idea what's going on. You know, I I stop being afraid. I stop caring about what others think of me. You know, if I care about what others think of me, I'll be stuck for the rest of my life. I yeah. have to fight this battle. You're right, and it's a good, it's fighting the good fight. And I believe that uh, our spiritual beliefs are. To me, God, my God comes first, and uh, I'm a traditional Christian with, like, I'm a mystic, so it's, uh, you know, if I believe in direct spiritual experiences and things like that, too, so I have an unusual story that a lot of fundamental, you know, Christians wouldn't appreciate, but, you know, that's why we have to just uh, agree to disagree on a lot of things, you know what I mean, and um, anybody can say anything they want on my show except if you hurt people and I don't like it. But that's why we end up talking about a lot of yeah. different things. Okay, so and uh, now we only have three minutes left, believe it or not. We've been doing this for two hours. So um, let's see. 
And are you saying it's 11 degrees in New York? Oh, goodness. Anyway. When... <laughs> I'm, happy. Wow. I'm happy over here. <laughs> Man, we are happy, happy over here, Anne. We are. I think it's even worse than Maine. But anyway, Anne is asking you, it's probably going to be our last question of the night, is when he says demons, does he mean literal or addiction or something else? She said, yes, it's 11 degrees where she is. Oh, my goodness. Thanks, Anne, for hanging in with us. Okay, go ahead. Uh, if if I'm talking about real demons? Yeah, you're talking about literal demons or addiction or she wants to know personally what are you fighting, but oh, well, you, may, fighting you can demons. or may or may not answer as you wish. No, no, I can answer. I don't have nothing to hide. I, when I said I'm fighting my demons, it's all the fears that I feel, you know, that I, I don't have the answers for. That's when I say I'm fighting the demons. But if you're talking about seeing demons, I have seen demons. They materialize and they dematerialize. They they take human form. Of course, they're not human. They don't look human. They look like beasts. But uh, I've seen them. I have seen them. And and uh, I have these experiences with my eye open, and they attack me. And I, I've been in this situation, and I'm not a holy man. I'm just a regular human being with all the kinds of defects. And, you know, I'm just a, walk, a regular walking human being like anybody else. Because I, I read books where the saints have uh, been attacked by demons, but I'm not saint. I'm just a regular sinner, you know, that I have seen demons. And, and I've seen them with my eyes. I, uh, my, you know, I have experiences throughout my life about them. Yeah, and I think, you know, this is the way it's supposed to be because for for many, many of us, it's not only, um, you know, a battle of the wills against uh, some unseen principalities, I guess is what I'm now calling them, but um, also we have our own uh, personal growth, you know, because we have different stages of life, you go through different things, and, uh, you know, then we have a personal growth, and our community growth, and, you know, it's something we only have a minute left. So I just want to thank you, Carlos, so much, you know, uh, for being on. It's been very fascinating, and we're looking forward to your book and print. Um, Please let us know, and, um, you know, we'd like to uh, read it and uh, order it, and we appreciate you coming on to talk about your personal experiences. And you take care, and thank you very much, Carlos. Thank you for having me in your show, Charlene. Thank you. Okay, God bless see you, you on Facebook. Okay, already. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. See you then. Okay, bye-bye. Goodbye. Okay, see you later. Thank you. I want to thank yeah. everybody for being in chat. Uh, one incredibly interesting guest, and he's also a personal friend that I, I do know. And um, I just want to tell you once again, next week, Steve Hutchins Jr. is going to be our guest. And we're going to be talking about his guest, and all the strange things in the world of radio and everything else. Uh, what an incredible person he is. And I want to thank Carlo once again for being on and everybody in the chat and had the questions and then the other uh, Facebook uh, thing that I was doing that I was answering their questions over there. And I appreciate you very, very much, everybody that listens in every week and my faithful listeners. And I uh, thank you for turning it, tuning in every week. Pacific Standard Time to the Paranormal and the Sacred. And also, go over there to the website, www.parkinsonsinternational.org. And it's a non-profit, Citizens Against Toxic Chemicals. Go check it out. See what they got going on over there. They have a lot of good information. It's a worthy cause. Love you all. Good night. Take care. <laughs>